Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. God is so good for the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. God wants to move in your life today. God wants to move in my life today. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn... If you'll turn to the Luke chapter 24. I was given a specific word from the Lord, a word that simply said not to preach revelation but preach confirmation and uh, as a preacher you know you're always looking for something to just pop out of the word of God to you that you could just bring to the people that's something they've never heard before but that's not always the case most of what you hear today over the pulpit is not going to be anything new in fact, if you've been in a Pentecostal church for any length of time, you've, you've heard what I'm going to preach about today. My intent is not to bore you, but rather the exact opposite. I want that fire of the Holy Ghost to be rekindled in your heart today and in mine. God's got a plan that's bigger than you and bigger than me. Paul said, 1 Corinthians, I'm not reading from there, but Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank God that we don't have to rely on a preacher, but we can rely on this book. Amen. Hallelujah. Joel said in chapter 2, you know this portion very well. Peter quoted it in the New Testament. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men, to your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. God is ready to do the miraculous today at Abundant Life Apostolic Church. Are you ready? Amen. Will somebody have the faith to believe with me? Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Jesus speaking, he said unto them, these are the words which I speak unto you. While I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise 
of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Acts 1, 4 through 5. I'm, I'm going to try and have you be seated really quick so you don't have to turn there. It'll be on the screen. Acts 1, 4 through 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. This is Jesus speaking for John, truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Praise God. And one last portion before you're seated, Acts 2, 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter preaching. He said, now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of, of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Anybody thankful for the promise? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And I would like to preach the word of the Lord to you today. Finally, everybody say finally, finally. a promise that we can count on. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we go to the Lord in prayer? Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is already working among us today. Thank you for your presence that we feel. God, your love is here. Your power is here. You want to do a great work in the lives of every individual. Help us to leave here changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Help us to leave here filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing, God. Let your spirit move in a mighty way. I bind doubt and fear. I cast it out. It has no place. The enemy has no place here. Doubt has no place, but the Holy Ghost, let it be loosed in Jesus' name. Touch somebody's heart today. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. I was a snot-nosed 15-year-old punk kid. Probably should have had my nose flattened. Anybody relate to that? I look back on pictures and I think, oh, I would fight you. We're so cool when we grow up, aren't we? My family, along with the family that introduced us to Jesus Christ, were vacationing in the breathtaking mountains of Colorado. We enjoyed early morning hikes together. This particular hike was not much different than all the others, except that I was a little bored this time. We'd not witnessed enough wildlife for my taste. I began to pick up rocks and see how far I could throw them. 
I'd pick up a rock and I'd chuck it off to the side or down the trail in front of us. Big rocks, small rocks, smooth rocks, sharp rocks. This went on for about 10 seconds. Until the mom of the other family, her name was Mindy, turned around and asked in the sweetest tone, Joe, please don't throw rocks. Somebody might get hurt. So we walked another 30 feet, and I was bored again. So what am I going to do? Exactly. So I bend down and pick up a rock and start flinging it down the trail. This went on for the next couple minutes. Mindy, godly and kind individual that she is, never raised her voice, but she showed great concern for other people's safety and politely asked me to stop about three more times. I thought to myself, oh, she is so sweet. (laughs) But really, what's it going to hurt? I'm being safe. I'm not throwing the rocks way, you know, I'm throwing them way ahead or I'm throwing them to the side. I'm not throwing them at anybody. What could it possibly hurt? Then she halted. She turned. She put her hands on my shoulders and stopped me in my tracks. Still with an ISIS voice. Mindy said, Joe, I need you to promise me that you will not throw rocks. And so when I get a little nervous, you may be like this, and I laugh. In fact, I laugh at the most inopportune times. Sometimes I I can, you know, when I'm nervous, I just laugh. I laugh all the time. My nervous laughter faded, and I knew She meant business. So I said, yes, ma'am. I promise. Good, she said. We continued down the trail. And perhaps two minutes later, remember I told you about being a punk kid? That smooth rock was calling my name. I forgot about the promise I made. I really did. I forgot. I forgot all about it. I was so bored. I reached down and picked up that smooth rock. And I gave it a fling down that trail in front of us with such force and velocity. I heard the sickening thud as it bounced off that tree trunk. And what only took a matter of seconds seemed to slow down In my mind, it just went in slow motion. My complete terror, that rock bounced off that bark and came screaming back in our direction. I can see it. I can replay it in my mind. As Mindy's hands reached up and clutched her forehead and she doubled over in pain, the sweet lady who had repeatedly asked me, please stop throwing rocks, who made me even promise, do not throw rocks. She was the very one out of the 13 people in the group 
She had to be the one that took the punishment and took that rock to the forehead. Now you want to punch me, don't you? But thank God I'm saved, sanctified, and I keep my promises now, all right? If you've been alive for at least 31 and a half hours, you've been disappointed. Not only by those that you love or those who call you friends, you've been disappointed by that person that stares back at you in the mirror as you frantically hurry to spray down that last piece of hair before you scramble out the door and you're 10 minutes late to church. You have been disappointed by you. You made a promise to yourself that this time it would be better. This time it would be different. This time you would make the necessary changes. But this time snuck up on you a little too quick. And before you could make sense of what happened, a strange hand came out of nowhere and force-fed you that frozen custard. Can I get an amen? You were ashamed. You were guilty. You were doing well right up until 11.21 a.m. of day one of the better you. But now every good intention and every effort has seemingly gone to waste. So you go ahead and finish off that half gallon of Leduc special mixed with tears. And you promise yourself that tomorrow you will do better. You let yourself down. You broke a promise to yourself. You felt bad, of course, but not as bad as you felt the very first time you recall breaking a promise to yourself. Do you remember that time? You told yourself, I got this, I'm good. You were pumped up, you were excited. There was no hesitation, not even a single thought of failure in your mind. Obviously, there's, there's no way you could make a promise to yourself that you would not keep, else you wouldn't have made it. And then it happened. You went back on your word. You did not follow through. Can you recall that first time you broke a promise to yourself? It was hard to believe. You felt terrible. How was that even possible? As life has progressed on, you've come to grips with your own human frailties. So much so that it no longer surprises you as much anymore when you let yourself down. Of course, for the most part, you try to keep your word, you try to be responsible, you try to show up on time, you try to stick to your convictions for the most part. But every once in a while, you miss the mark, don't you? And you look down at the broken fragments of your promises. Not only have you broken promises to yourself, but you've broken promises to others, haven't you? you may as well have flung a rock down that trail and knocked somebody in the forehead. But hey, I'm not singling you out this morning. This is not pick on you day. People have hurt you too. People have let you down. You're not the only one who's made a mess. 
Friends and loved ones have betrayed your trust by not following through on the commitment, not being there when you needed them the most. You've heard it said, hurt people hurt people. Still, in this world full of brokenness, we've managed to get along all right. We are somewhat resilient bunch of people, aren't we? We can smile our way through the hurt most of the time because at the end of the day, we understand that life moves on and if we're going to be okay, we've got to move on with it, right? But oh, if only there was a promise for once that we could count on. Some of you have had to navigate your way through the aftermath of a painful divorce. Others have had to stand by and witness your parents go through an awful divorce, broken promises. Some of you watched a mom or dad walk right out the door when you were just a child and you thought, how could anybody be so cold? Broken promises. Some of you have been on the bitter end of a business deal that went south, not only costing you time and money, but costing you faith in that person who you thought had your best interest at heart. Broken promises. Some of you gave what seemed like a million chances to that one individual. You wanted them to make it right. You wanted them to follow through just once, but they didn't do it. They seemed not to care as much as you did. They took your love and your concern for granted. And you were the furthest thing from their mind. Am I relating to anybody today? Broken promises. Even well-meaning people who indeed love you dearly Never would want to intentionally hurt you in any way. Even these people have made mistakes and have failed you. Even these have seemingly overlooked you when you needed some encouragement, someone to talk to, someone to come and put their arm around your shoulder. Even these people have failed you. Broken promises. At a most critical time in our nation, People are looking for a leader who can simply keep their word, who will follow through on at least half of what they say, who can help to restore faith in this once great nation, but not a hard glance into their track record and you will soon find out that they are not exempt from this human dilemma called sin. And we are left with the fragments once again of Broken promises. Jeremiah 17 and 5, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. In case you have not noticed, the world is not becoming more morally conscious. It is becoming more and more morally deprived and bankrupt. I watched a disturbing video the other day of an interviewer uh, on a, of a renowned college campus. He was, he was walking the campus asking random students about a hot button topic that is being discussed 
in society today, you know it well, that of gender identification. But it wasn't the gender identification that troubled me at all. More that the fact that these students could not bring themselves to grip reality. As the interviewer, a white male, probably 5'10", 180 pounds, in his late 30s, asked the students if they thought it was okay if, the, if, if he identified himself as a first grader, perhaps wanting to sit in some first grade classes and learn with the children. The startling fact is that these students could not tell him, no, that is wrong. But they bowed their knee to the politically correct movement of, well, if that's what you choose to identify with, I can't tell you you're wrong. I can't tell you you're crazy. We live in this reality of a fallen and broken world. People do not even know how to face the truth anymore. And they want to explain the truth away that there is no truth. Truth is what you make it. This is the fallen world that we live in. But can I tell you, friends, that family's going to fail you, that leaders are going to fail you, that you will fail you. But I'm so excited to stand behind this pulpit today and share good news with you. Finally, there is a promise that we can count on. It is the promise of hope. It is the promise of salvation. It is the promise that brings deliverance from a life of addiction and bondage. It is the promise that the chains that have held you bound for so long must be broken and shattered and fall to the ground. I'm talking about a promise of new life. I'm talking about a promise of a fresh start, of a clean slate, of a new beginning. It is the promise that you will always have comfort, that you will always have joy, that you will always have peace. Oh, perhaps it sounds way too good to be true, but trust me, my friend, it's real and it's genuine. It's unlike anything you've ever experienced in all your life. It is the life-changing, life-giving power of the Holy Ghost, and this promise is for you today. You just got to reach up and claim it and take hold of it today. Friend of mine, hear me, I'm not talking about a lame promise, okay? I'm not talk, talking about that promise that's hidden with a, 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 agenda, different agendas and different conditions, like those phone calls that I get periodically from those people who say, you've won a free cruise. I'm not talking about that kind of promise. After an hour on the phone, getting everything down where I'm going, okay, sir, now all we need is your credit card and $450 to reserve this cabin. <laughs> For your free cruise. I thought this was free. No, no, my friend, I'm not talking about a promise without the fine print, without the hidden agenda. I'm, and that, that's the promise I am talking about. I'm talking about a promise that is real, a promise that you can take to the bank. Finally, a promise that you can count on. Where's my friend Juliet? Julie? 
April 3rd, 2016, she received the promise. Julie, is it not the greatest thing you've ever experienced in all your life? I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm not trying to call you out, but it's the most amazing thing you've ever experienced. Is Noah in here today? Is Dan in here today? April 3rd, 2016, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a promise that you can count on. And if you have never experienced this promise of the Holy Ghost filling your heart with the evidence of speaking in tongues, can I tell you, get ready because it's for you and it's going to happen to you today in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, you're sitting in a church surrounded by people who have received this very promise that I'm preaching about to you this morning. And what a promise it is. You've come too late to tell me that the Holy Ghost was for yesterday, it was for the book of Acts, it's not relevant, it's not real today because I've already experienced it and I experience it every single day of my life. I'm talking about a promise that you can count on. Thank you, Lord, for the promise. Oh, and I can sense, I can feel that some doubt is trying to creep into your mind right now and talk you out of receiving this promise today. I understand Believe me, I do. It's natural to think that yet again, I will be failed. Yet again, here is another promise that's going to be broken. What's the significance, preacher, of this promise? What's the difference with this promise? Can I tell you, it's real simple. I'm not talking about a natural promise made by man. I'm talking about a supernatural promise made by Jesus Christ himself. Amen. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said it, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and, and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I'm talking about a promise that's not going to be broken. So how are you so certain, preacher, that we can just trust this promise? I'll tell you why I'm certain. Because we can trust the promisor. God is the one who made the promise, and God is the one who's going to keep the promise. My friend, finally, there is a promise that we can count on. Amen. Because finally, we have found somebody who keeps his promises. Oh, thank you, Lord. Numbers 23 and 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? He's not a man. He's not going to fail you. Joshua 21, 45, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. If all came to pass, what did not come to pass? That confused me too. I don't even know how to answer that. All came to pass. He took care of his children. Every promise was fulfilled. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. It's not just an Old Testament thing. I'm talking about New Testament too. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Have you received your promise? I've had conversations with good Christian folks 
who tell me they've already received the promise of the Holy Ghost. And my follow-up question is always the same because I just want to make sure. My question to them is, have you spoken in another language, in another tongue, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why do I ask that? Because that is the evidence of the Holy Spirit filling you. Amen. God told his people in the Old Testament that his spirit would be in their midst or would rest upon them. The cloud by day and the fire by night was a sign of God's presence going before them. Exodus 33, 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Haggai 2 and 5. According to the word that I have covenanted with you, When you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. So his spirit is with you, his spirit is among you, his spirit is leading you. Isaiah 11.2, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So it'll rest upon you, it'll go before you, it'll be in your midst. But I'm talking about a new promise, a promise to fill you, not to just be resting upon you, not to just be leading you, but to fill you. Amen. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God no longer simply dwells with us, but in us. John 14, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. This is Jesus speaking before he departs, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you now and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's Jesus Christ saying, I'm going to come to you and I'm not only going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. Are you thankful for a promise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, church, I'm not preaching something to you you never heard before. I'm preaching confirmation to your spirit. Acts 2, 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why do I ask you if you've spoken in tongues? Because if you haven't spoken in tongues, the Lord may be leading you by his Spirit, and that's great, but he wants to fill you. He wants to do more than just lead you. He wants, you, he wants to live inside of you. Amen. Oh, I'm giving you a lot of scripture today. I like what Johnny James said. He said, I'm, I'm giving you a ton of scripture. That, why? Because if my message just flops and fails and I lay an egg, you go home, you can't say, I didn't get any word. You're going to get some word. Acts 19, 6. When Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Have you received the promise of the Holy Spirit? That's my question to you this morning. If you've not spoken in another tongue, if you've not spoken in this weird language I'm talking about, it's for you today. Finally, there is a promise that you can count on that will never be broken. Do I have to have it? Do I have to have it? Now, what kind of a silly question is that? That's like you sending me to outer space and I'm asking you now, do I really have to put this spacesuit on? That's like you putting me on the field with these NFL players and saying, yeah, just go get them. And I'm saying, well, do I have to wear my helmet? Do I have to wear these pads? Come on now, what kind of a silly question is that? Do I have to have it? 
John chapter three, perhaps the better approach is this. God, I want everything that you have for me. Why wouldn't I want everything you have for me? Because everything good and perfect comes down from the father of lights. The better approach, God, I want everything and I don't want to miss not one thing. John 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, let's, he just said, let's get past all this, all right? I'll just get right down to the heart of the matter. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, don't be amazed, don't be surprised. You must be born again. The answer is yes. I must receive this promise if I want to even see the kingdom of God. If you want to make it to heaven, yes, you have to have this gift. And why wouldn't you want it? It's the best gift ever. So how do I receive it, preacher? First of all, you got to believe that this promise is not just for your neighbor. We like to just shove off the word of God sometimes, don't we? Build a little wall around us. Yeah, that's good preaching for him, for her. No, you got to believe it for you. This word of God is for you. And so first you have to believe. Come on, somebody say it with me. This promise is for me this promise is for me Hebrews eleven six 6 says you must have faith to please God without faith it's impossible to please him the next step is repentance what is repentance that's a weird word repentance means I'm turning around from my sin I'm going the opposite direction I'm not going to do those things anymore I'm not going back to the way I used to live I'm not doing my own thing and ignoring God anymore or doing things my way or just living my little religious life, but not really selling out, not really giving all that I have. I repent. I'm turning around from that. Why? Because finally there is a promise that I can count on and I want it. Amen. So I repent. I'm going to start walking to God, not away from him. So we tell God, I'm sorry for everything I've done. That is against your word. Everything that I have said that is against your word, everything that I have thought that is against your word, not only am I sorry for my actions, but I'm sorry for what, for who I am. Because the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Psalm says, Romans repeats. After we repent, it's time to make the decision. I'm going to listen and obey the word of God. I need to obey fully and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the titles, 
Not in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized that way, that's a good start. You're doing good, but you need to complete the work. You need to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus. For John did indeed baptize unto repentance, but there cometh one after him who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm talking about a promise that you can count on that will not be broken. Thank you, Lord, for this promise. Oh, do you, have you received the Holy Ghost? Come on, clap your hands, church, if you personally have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know what I'm talking about. It's the greatest promise ever. And after we repent, it's time to make that decision. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you can't make it to the water, though. Sometimes you can't do it, and God already fills you. Because God knows you've made, it, you've made it known to him in your heart. I'm doing everything that your word says. Yep, my plan is to get to that water as soon as I can. The Lord sees your faith. He's going to fill you with his spirit. So if you repent of your sins, you start praising God and he fills you with the Holy Ghost, that's okay. We'll dip you in the water later as soon as we can. Next, we ask God. Simple childlike faith and obedience. We just ask God, I want your spirit. I want that promise. Your word says it's for me. The preacher just gave me a bunch of verses that said it's for me. And I want that. Can I have it? And that's all you have to do and start praising God for forgiving you of washing away every sin and forgiving you of every sin. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to beat down the door. You don't have to travail and cry. You just say, God, I want it. I praise you. I thank you for forgiving me. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's that easy. Does anybody want to receive this promise that I'm talking about? Those of you who have received it, Feels good to receive it again, doesn't it? You want to just be filled to overflowing. God, fill me up again. Take me back to the joy that Julie has. Take me back to that time where I first found you, where you first found me. Take me back, Lord. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. Are you ready to receive this promise? Amen. Will you stand with me with the music come? This promise is for you today. And there's no time, you might as well just make up your mind. I'm not going to waste any time. No time to waste. The preacher said it. The spirit of confirmation is here. God's spirit, he wants to fill me. He's ready. If you, if you want to obey the book, if you want to obey everything this word says as an act of obedience and faith, why don't you just step out from where you are? Would the church help me? Some of the church has already been filled with the Holy Spirit. So you just come up to the altar and say, God, refill me. Come on. Are you ready to receive the promise? It's a promise is for you. I'm telling you, revival is here. Revival is here. God wants to fill you. Who doesn't have the Holy Ghost? Will you wave your hand to me? Will you come to the front? I'm going to pray for you. God's going to fill you as the music plays. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.